Google reviews, find your perfect fit at kintech.now.net. If you want to chime into the show, text into the show, 650-650. Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, 650-650. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Busy show on a Friday. We're going to hear from uh, Brett Festerling as we do uh, in the back half of the show. Uh, second half of the show, uh, we'll do BFF, Brett Festerling Fridays, as we always do uh, here on the People Show. Emery Hunt will join us as well from CBS Sports HQ. Uh, also, the owner of footballgameplan.com, the czar of uh, football, the playbook. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Emery. Uh, setting up week 11 also. Uh, we'll... Get his great cup pick as well. Big six on the way. Uh, guys naming dudes as well in the back half of the show as well. Big news in the NFL, though. I want to start there. Joe Burrow, you saw it last night. He is done for the season. And, look, this is significantly different than what we saw in the NFC as well. Kirk Cousins goes down. Vikings rally. They're back in a playoff position and you look at the NFC playoff picture and you say okay Philly's going Detroit's going 49ers are going Seahawks Cowboys are all going Vikings are going they all have six of and more wins that's six of the seven playoff seeds the Saints it's really just the NFC South once you figure that out we kind of know what the NFC playoff landscape looks like don't see Tampa making a run they're not above 500 only seven teams in the NFC above 500 takes care of the playoff picture in the AFC, though, and we knew this coming into the season of how loaded the quarterback class was. You got Mahomes, you got Lamar, you got Trevor, you got Tua, you got Deshaun, you got Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Russell. All first names here. First name basis in the AFC uh, quarterback hierarchy. And then you throw in, a look, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud. How are they going to fare? Was Kenny Pickett going to take a step? The quarterback landscape was wild in the AFC, and there's going to be some good teams that miss out, even if you look at now, Buffalo sitting out of the playoff picture. Herbert out of the playoff picture. They're under 500, having a host of problems. Aaron Rodgers, of course, goes down. That changes the playoff picture uh, for the New York Jets. They're at 4-5 and five as well. It's vastly different in the AFC. You lose a quarterback even for a little bit. Forget even end of season. The whole picture might change for you. Now, the Cleveland Browns missed Deshaun Watson for a bit. Defense holds true. They're back 6-3. and three, But Cincinnati Bengals losing Joe Burrow, massive blow, changes the AFC playoff picture. Because for me, you've heard me say it on the power rankings, this could be a top-five team. They are very much a collection of the parts team, though. They can't risk losing one of their very few stars that they do have. Hendrickson's been banged up on the D-line, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They are star-reliant. The the baseline is very high for them. The floor is very high as a group. But they rely on their few stars to elevate everything beyond. Burrow out for the year, as reported earlier today. Uh, they're sitting at 500. Bengals slowly going to slide their way out. And if you're a Bills fan, all of a sudden, you're looking at this, okay, that's one less team we probably have to leapfrog. Are you really worried about the Bengals at this stage? Are you really worried about the Raiders and the Colts all at 500? 
the AFC playoff picture gets cleaned up a little bit. And, you know, the Bills are having this horrid year at 5-5 five and five with all this expectation, all this hope coming into the season. They changed the OC this week. Now the, the path slightly opens up for you uh, with the team that you would have had to jump over because of the tiebreaker with the Bengals. Now they got this chance to uh, steam ahead and try to track down Houston Texans or the Cleveland Browns coming up uh, in the wild card spots. So massive news, Joe Burrow going down. Just got to, uh, if you're a Bengals fan, it's bad luck, man. It's just bad luck. I know the Bengals are full of bad luck, of course, with their whole franchise. But the margins are so thin. It's certainly in the AFC as well. In the NFC, though, you'll hear the game on our airwaves. Rams and Seahawks. Seahawks getting ready to play a couple of divisional games as well. 49ers on deck. Uh, with Thanksgiving. That should be a fun one to uh, watch on Thursday. But they got the Rams, which always difficult. You've heard me talk about the Bermuda Triangle in the NFC West. McVay just owns Pete Carroll. He just does. Pete Carroll can make it challenging uh, on the 49ers. And the 49ers tend to work over the Rams. That's just how the NFC West Bermuda Triangle works. But this one, McVay just, just a house of horror for the Seattle Seahawks. And you think, oh, well, they're having this bad season. They'll be fine. They're, they're, they're still doing their rebuilding. I, I got to admit, the, the, it's, they're sitting there three and six, but I got to admit, the Rams' rebuild uh, has been fairly fast-paced. Last year, you know, Stafford uh, has the injury, changes the whole complexion of what their season was. But by and large, you know, the, 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 they've managed to find some players here on this back end uh, defensively more than anything. Uh, Byron Young looks fantastic along the D-line. Uh, throw in, obviously, Aaron Donald there. But they're, they're Puka Nakua, of course, Kyron Williams. They, they found some guys here uh, on this offense and defense. The Rams are a frisky team, and the way they always seem to match up against the Seahawks, bit more of a challenging game than I think people realize for Seahawks fans sitting there at 6-3 and three and saying, hey, can you track down the 49ers, stay with them, stride for stride uh, as they're getting ready for a game. Uh, this week against Tampa Bay, you'd probably look at that one and say, hey, there's you know, Baker going against that 49ers defense. Is that really going to be a challenge? Uh, the 49ers going to move to 7-3. and three. Can the Seahawks keep pace? Uh, I'm going to put a little bit of brakes on it because I think this Rams game is tougher, especially when you got that 49ers game on deck. It is going to be tough. Kristen Duncan texting in. Deshaun Watson's out too. Yeah, yeah, he, he missed time earlier. He's out again, of course. Uh, but the Browns having gone through some of the injuries as well already this year, managed to survive it. But, yes, they are out the rest of the way. But the the thing I keep mentioning with the Browns is that defense is just going to keep them in games. Uh, We'll get into it with Emery Hunt, who joins us now, our good friend, at F-Ball Game Plan on social media from CBS Sports and the owner of Football Game Plan. Emery, how are you? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Always, always love chatting with you. Uh, getting to a bunch of stuff, uh, setting up week 11 uh, and uh, the rest of the season here. Big news to Jay, Joe Burrow uh, out for the year. And, and that AFC North, that whole landscape changing with a couple of QB injuries this week. Yeah, it's tough, man. man. What we've seen so far this season is the fact that it's the year of the backup. So if you have strong backup quarterback play, you should be in good shape for the stretch run. It's just unfortunate that a couple of stars in that division – Watson and Burrow 
have suffered those injuries because they are what make the NFL great. I'll give you three teams, and you tell me who who kind of benefits the most out of this changing landscape now in the AFC. Uh, Houston at five and four, because now you know the Bengals. You would expect to slide out. Maybe the Browns slide out too. The Bills sitting there at five and five. Or I'll even throw this extra team here: the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can the Steelers now win the AFC North with a little less competition? I would probably lean more toward Buffalo because a lot of the you know the the season is still in front of them. I would toss out the Denver Broncos to be honest. Um, because they've beaten Kansas City, they've beaten the Bills, and they still have the Chargers uh, out in front of them. They have a chance, really, with how well they're playing defense and what we're seeing from their offense side of the ball. They have a chance to really steal that wild card spot uh, from a team like Buffalo or a team like uh, Cincinnati. I worry about them more than anyone else. Pittsburgh, because of how they're playing defense and how they're starting to run the football, we saw them run the ball really well against um, Green Bay last weekend. I, I think they still could find themselves in Cleveland, depending on what they get from either PJ Walker and, and DTR, could still have a say in it as well. But I think Denver is a team that no one's talking about. Uh, really quickly on Denver, um, it, it, you know, the season was so bad for Russell Wilson last year. And it, it feels like the reason nobody's talking about it is, you know, it, it went so poorly, and, and the, the achievements, even if they happen this year, aren't going to get recognized. Like, secretly, he's got 18 touchdowns to four interceptions. That's a fantastic rate. He's completing just shy of 68% of his passes. Uh, what more does Russell Wilson need to do to get recognized, or was last season just that bad? It wasn't even that bad last season. Just the team just didn't win games. They couldn't score offensively. His numbers weren't that bad. Um, I think he had 17 touchdowns, 11 picks, but this year he's putting up with the same numbers that Patrick Mahomes is putting up. But to your point, they're, they're just not talking about it. I feel like if they had a winning record, maybe more people would talk about it. That's why what we're seeing now with them making this run toward the back end of the year and how they're beating teams, it says a lot that this team has really turned it around. Sean Payton is starting to strike the right core. They're really balanced on offense. And defensively, they've made, since that first Kansas City game, when they lost 18-9, Boy, they've made significant improvements each and every week to where this defense is starting to look like last year's defense that was really holding it down, but the offense couldn't get it together. Now we're starting to see both sides really come together and start to win these ball games. Uh, what did you make of the Bills making the uh, change there at offensive coordinator? I, I feel like they just needed a fall guy, and they just you know spun the wheel and said, all right, Ken Dorsey, you're it. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was because at the end of the day, we all know that Ken Dorsey had nothing to do with what was going on in Buffalo. They just couldn't run the ball. They could run the ball, but they wasn't sticking with the run. And it's hard to uh, overcome some of the turnovers that Josh Allen has. And I've always said this, once the ball snaps as the quarterback, you're in control. You control where you're going with the football. Scheme has nothing to do with the interception he threw on the first drive. And no one's talking about the interception he threw on the second drive that didn't count as the deep, uh, the, the linebacker stepped out of bounds, um, he threw it right to him in that sense too. So that's all on Josh Allen and not on the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. And I hate that he was made the scapegoat because nothing was wrong with the Bills' offense. They're just ineffective because they're turning the ball over instead of scoring touchdowns. Uh, I was just talking about uh, the Seahawks-Rams game. We're at home the Seahawks. You'll hear the game on the weekend here on Sunday. Um 
you know, historically the Rams have all, you know, given the Seahawks fits and, and they're sitting here with, with a three and six record. But I, I do think this process of flushing out uh, or flushing in some new talent for the Rams has gone fairly well, even if the results don't reflect it just yet. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is the youth movement for the Rams this season. And I credit Sean McVay for getting a lot of uh, out this roster, you know, with how young it was Remember coming into the season they had so many rookies and undrafted free agents on their two deep, and he's been able to stay competitive. This is a team that can still be at least a nuisance in the NFC West um, with how they're constructed and what they have the rest of the way. But you got to give him credit for coaching his young roster, and this is a team that I feel like would, would take a step back this season. But next year with the youthful experience, so to speak, this is going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, what's your take on the Seahawks right now? Uh, it, it's kind of been an up and down season. I, I think they've been a bit more volatile than I, you know, we, we've traditionally seen uh, from Pete Carroll teams. It, it just hasn't looked as settled uh, as it can be for this team. Yeah, I think what happened with them early on, they had those injuries along the offensive line, and when those guys got started getting hurt, those two tackles, he kind of threw them off and threw off their timing because Geno Smith was under the rest, and now defensively, we're starting to see them get it together offensively we're starting to see them really lean into that run game. And that's something that was really impressive. Uh, we expected to see from them coming into the season. We expect to see that run game be something that could really bludgeon opponents. And the last couple of weeks we're starting to see that. Now the offensive line is back to where it was. And, you know, even though they're still playing without their right tackle, it's still a situation where it's a lot better now than it was a few weeks ago. So, Seattle still has a chance to win that NFC West uh, against, you know, against San Francisco. They took that one against the Rams. They took that loss against the Rams earlier in the season. Let's see if they can right the ship and continue heading in the right direction. I do feel like they're starting to turn things around. Who is the best team in the NFC for you? Uh, like I, I know Philly's got the eight and one record, but it, it, you know, their wins haven't really been convincing. Like Detroit's, you know, punched a big ticket with the, with the Kansas City win. San Fran just had a big win against uh, Jacksonville. Um, if you're just looking at your power ranking the the NFC, who's at the top for you? You still have to put Philly at the top, man. You know, and it's the way they're doing things. Uh, it's the, the run game. It's the efficient passing game. Their defense is finding ways to win. They're still beating teams um, with in different ways each and every time they go out there. And so you still have to give them that credit. Now, who's number two? That's a better question because when you think about, you can't really say Dallas because San Francisco beat Dallas, but Dallas is starting to play really well as of late, although they're playing weaker opponents. Detroit, you like to talk about them, but then the only thing that keeps sticking in your mind about Detroit is how they got blown out by Baltimore. But Mm -hmm. San Francisco, yes, they blew out Jacksonville, but they're coming off of a three-game skid you know, to get that win against Jacksonville. So I feel like the battle for number two is a little bit up in the air more so than, than the Eagles. I think the Eagles are above everyone else, regardless of their record. They're just playing the most consistent. Where do the Vikings kind of land on this scale for you? Um, I, I know you've always been a Kirk Cousins attractor and Josh Dobbs steps in and he's looking fantastic. Uh, is, is there a new lease on life for Vikings fans here? I would say this. I kind of I, – I, I think it's important to probably for people to start throwing Kevin O'Connell's name in the coach of the year. You talk about how he's handled this team. Even when Kirk Cousins was out there, they were competitive. 
um, and you lose Kirk Cousins and you just grab a guy in Josh Dobbs and he steps in and he won two games for you. And, and quite a kept the game last week against New Orleans. It was impressive to see Chandler, the tailback, really get it going. Now you have a little bit more confidence in Dobbs. The run game is starting to look like it's starting to get it together. And you're going to get Justin Jefferson back at some point. So things are looking up, and the defense is starting to be a little bit better, too, for Minnesota. And when you think about now the NFC and maybe that seventh playoff spot, Minnesota's right there. Atlanta, you never know what you're going to get from them. So Minnesota has a chance to really take it from them. They have the head-to-head win as well. Um, Minnesota could be a team that could sneak into the playoffs back door. We'll see how far of a run uh, the Arizona Cardinals go on with Kyler Murray back in the fold. He played well last weekend, but I feel like the Vikings right now got something, a little bit of something with them to take that seven spots in the NFC. And you have to also give credit to Kevin O'Connell because I thought what he has done has just been remarkable. Now, Kirk was playing good. Uh, obviously, they get that win against the 49ers, but it just feels like with Dobbs there, feels like like they just have a little bit more juice. Right, because Kirk was someone that you really couldn't trust in the clutch situations where – you know, Dobbs, you feel like because of his athleticism and because of his mobility, mm-hmm. he gives you a chance. And that's the bit added benefit of having someone that has the mobility back there at quarterback because they're never going to just let a play die, which is which can be a, both a gift and a curse. But for Dobbs, again, he's playing free. He's playing with house money because no one expects him to play well. So he really doesn't have the, uh, you know, the expectation of, hey, you got to play – like a first rounder, you got to play like a franchise quarterback. He's probably the freest guy on the, on the field, and we're seeing that reflect in his play. Uh, the, the one guy I do want to ask you about, Sam Howell. Uh, you know, his his first year as as the primary starter. Uh, what have you thought of of him leading the Commanders? It's it's a different matchup this week against the uh, Giants. You know, divisional game, but the Giants have a host of issues. Uh, what do you expect to see from Sam Howell the rest of the season? He's been playing solid all the way through. I think the biggest issue for Washington is the lack of a run game. Uh, so you can only imagine what will happen if they give him a consistent run game, which is why I always thought uh, I was surpri- surprised to see Washington not be in the mix for um, a Kareem Hunt or a Leonard Fournette or someone like that when they are Ezekiel Elliott when they were free agents because that's the glaring miss, uh, weakness on their offense because Howell is able to distribute the ball to everybody uh, – at the receiver position, whoever's open is getting the football. He doesn't rely on one guy, which is great because now it makes it, them even tougher to defend. And we saw them, we saw him have a great game against Philadelphia. And so for me, I think they found someone that they can win with. And everyone is quick trying to put labels on everybody and franchise guy. And he didn't go in the first round, man. Can you just win with the guy? If so, just keep it moving, keep building the team around him and continue to go out there and just play ball. But he's played solid right now. Uh, so far this season. Uh, he is Emory Hunt from CBS Sports and uh, the owner of Football Game Plan. Oh, actually, Emory, before we let you go, uh, great cup this weekend as well. Uh, I know you're always a big fan. Uh, you got a pick for the weekend? Yeah, it, it, everybody, including myself, was expecting it to be a rematch, Toronto, Winnipeg. But obviously we got Montreal, and kudos to the Alouettes for doing what they did, forcing all those doggone turnovers in that ball game. I think ultimately the dream season ends against the Blue Bombers, who are solid on both sides of the ball. That defensive line has waves of pass rushers. Even in the beginning of the season with Celestine Hobber, the undrafted rookie out of Texas A&M Commerce, he was excellent 
uh, in the first part of the season. They just got waves of guys out there on defense. I think that's going to be too much to, for Montreal. They're going to overwhelm the Alouettes uh, on defense, and they're going to have some some success out there. So I'm I'm going to say three times in four years the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will take home the Great Cup. Brilliant. I know you're having a great season with the picks as well uh, for the CFL. So, Emery, we appreciate it as always. We'll chat soon. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's a good friend, Emery Hunt, at F-Ball Game Plan. If you want to go give him a follow on Twitter, X, whatever you're calling it uh, nowadays. Uh, he's uh, from CBS Sports uh, and the owner of FootballGamePlan.com. All right, Fridays. I know you're all set for guys naming dudes, but uh, we got to do Big Six as well. I'll tell you, it's hot. Let's get to it. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's Big Six. Yeah, don't adjust your ears at all. We are hot right now with Big Six. 28, 29, and 3. Yeah, that sounds uh, a, a little rough, but uh, hear me out on this one. Eight, three, and one last two weeks. So let's uh, keep it going uh, for week 11. Dolphins minus 12 and a half versus the Raiders. I'm backing Mike McDaniel off the bye. A couple of weeks ago, we backed Mike Vrabel off the bye, just planning all sorts of sicko scheme stuff against the Falcons, getting ready for them defensively. I'm, pl- I'm picturing the same thing for Mike McDaniel here against the Raiders defense, how to boat race them with this running game. And if the Raiders fall behind, I don't know if they're going to have the offensive juice to claw back into this game. Dolphins, we know that they can pull away from teams as well. Raiders playing some light competition here in the post-Josh McDaniels era. This is a massive step up in class. I'm going to lay the points. Dolphins win 33-13. Cardinals plus six at the Texans. You know I love these Texans, and it's a massive win uh, for them these last couple of weeks. Letdown spot this week, though. They got the Jaguars last uh, next week. They're chasing down the division. Classic look-ahead spot here. Kyler Murray coming back. I thought he would be a bit more cautious with the running game. He has such a profound impact when he is moving. Six points for a guy that can extend drives, shorten the game, score points in the red zone. I'm going to take six points here. Texans still might win. Cardinals cover 27-24. Rams plus one versus the Seahawks. It's a home underdog in a divisional game. I'll back them. They can throw the ball. And as I mentioned, the NFC West Bermuda Triangle that I always talk about. Shanahan covers against McVay. Carroll covers against Shanahan. McVay covers against Carroll. Eight and two in his last ten games versus Carroll against the spread. And until the Seahawks can show they can finish drives in the red zone, and I, I do really still like this offense, I'm just a little skeptical. Take them as a road favorite. So I'm going to take the points. Obviously an upset. Rams win 20-17. to 17. Jets plus seven at the Bills. This Buffalo team is just, they're in the middle of an identity crisis here. It's the short week. You got to live with this new play caller against this defense. Divisional underdog in this spot. You can just see this ugly win grind it out and just breathe a sigh of relief and say, all right, like I guess we got more to figure out. But you heard from Emery. They can run the ball. They just don't commit to it. I just feel like they're in this identity crisis. The defense is having a few issues. I'm going to take the points here. Bills, they win ugly. Jets cover 20-14. to 14. Vikings plus 2.5 at the Broncos. Are, are we sure the Vikings are the worst team? Yes, the, the, the Russell Wilson is improving. They got some plucky Ws. 
I just think the Vikings defense just keeps improving. Brian Flores, what will he throw at Russell Wilson? They get an interception, swing the game, and the Vikings offensive line, they're getting great play. Christian Darisaw might be the best catch secret in the league. Uh, I'm going to take the points here. Vikings win 24-17. The vibes keep on going higher like Creed uh, for the Josh Dobbs-led Vikings. Finally, Chiefs minus 2.5 versus the Eagles. Playoff revenge is always a big thing, obviously. And this game actually has a striking similarity to the Seahawks going into Foxborough all those years ago. Uh, Controversial end to a game in the Super Bowl. You wait, you wait, you wait for the next game next season against the the team you played in the Super Bowl in their barn. Uh, But it's still Andy Reid coming off of a bye. I'll just back that under a field goal. Chiefs team might be the best in the NFL. They're in that tier for me. They have a defensive identity, despite Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And you know my rule, Mahomes under a field goal at home. I'll just back them. I'll see if the coin lands on my side. I'm going to lay the points. Uh, Chiefs win 27-21. Backing it all up, Dolphins minus 12.5, Cardinals plus 6, Rams plus 1, Jets plus 7, Vikings plus 2.5, and and Chiefs minus 12. Two and a half. All right, that's big six. Let's get into the Canucks on the other side. Brett Festerling will join us, former Vancouver Giant, NHL pro. You hear him here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, We'll chat to him next on The People Show.